Politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. The president has repeatedly claimed that your report found there was no obstruction and that it completely and totally exonerated him. But that is not what your report said, is it? Correct. It is not what the report said. Was there sufficient evidence to convict President Trump or anyone else with obstruction of justice? We did not make that calculation. We did not address collusion, which is not a legal term. Rather, we focused on whether the evidence was sufficient to charge any member of the campaign with taking part in a criminal conspiracy, and it was not. Now, you said you chose your words carefully. Are you contradicting your report right now? Not when I read it. The House hearings of Robert Mueller. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and the congressional hearings called by Democrats were an effort to dramatize the findings of the former special counsel, who found that Russia made a sweeping effort to intervene in the 2016 presidential campaign, and whose report called into question the actions of many people in Donald Trump's orbit, including the president himself. Seven defendants have been convicted or pled guilty. Our investigation of efforts to obstruct the investigation and lie to investigators was of critical importance. Obstruction of justice strikes at the core of the government's effort to find the truth and to hold wrongdoers accountable. Democrats walked Mueller through the report and he confirmed many of its politically damaging findings, that the president had not been exonerated, that there was evidence of obstruction of justice, and that the Russian interference in the last presidential campaign was not a hoax. But during his testimony in the first hearing before the House Judiciary Committee, Mueller's responses were often just a word or two, and he sometimes was halting in his answers, as in this exchange with the panel's ranking Republican, Doug Collins. Is it true the evidence gathered during your investigation did not establish that the president was involved in the underlying crime related to Russian election interference as stated in volume one, page seven? We found uh, insufficient uh, evidence of uh, uh, the president's culpability. uh, So that would be a yes. Without, I'm pardon? That would be a yes. Yes. Thank you. And there were moments where Mueller's memory failed him on basic questions, such as this one from Arizona Democrat Greg Stanton. Which president appointed you to become the United States Attorney for Massachusetts? Which senator? Which president? Oh, which president? I think that was President Bush. Um, according to my notes, it was President Ronald Reagan had the honor to do so. Under whose administration? My mistake. <laughs> But during the second hearing before the House Intelligence Committee, Mueller appeared more comfortable and more authoritative as he warned of the dangers of foreign intervention in U.S. elections. At one point, he was asked if it was problematic that Donald Trump had praised the leaking of materials from Hillary Clinton's campaign by WikiLeaks. Problematic is is an understatement in terms of what it displays in terms of uh, uh, giving some... Uh, I don't know, hope or some boost to what is and should be illegal activity. And he had this exchange with the intelligence panel's chairman, Democrat Adam Schiff. From your testimony today, I gather that you believe that knowingly accepting foreign assistance during a presidential campaign is an unethical thing to do. And a crime. And a crime. Circumstances, yes. And to the degree... And a crime given certain circumstances. And to the degree that it undermines our democracy and our institutions, we can agree that it's also unpatriotic. True. And wrong. True. 
But Republicans repeatedly raised questions about the need for the investigation, how it started, and shadowy sources cited in Mueller's report. And the Intelligence Committee's ranking Republican, Devin Nunes, criticized the hearing itself. This hearing is political theater. It's a Hail Mary attempt to convince the American people that collusion is real and that it's concealed in the report. Republicans also suggested Mueller's staff included those with political axes to grind. That led to one of Mueller's most assertive responses during his more than six hours of testimony. I've been in this business for almost 25 years, and in those 25 years, I have not had occasion once to ask somebody about their political affiliation. It is not done. What I care about is the capability of the individual to do the job and do the job quickly and seriously and with integrity. But President Trump, who acknowledged watching more of the hearings than he originally planned, was unimpressed with Mueller's performance. This was one of the worst performances in the history of our country. Mueller had no material to work with, and he did a horrible job. Obviously, his presentation was way off, but that's okay. It didn't matter. He had no material. And while Democrats publicly said that they did what they set out to do, letting Mueller tell the American public about his findings, it's clear the hearings did not have the political punch many had hoped for, especially those who favor moving ahead with impeachment. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has praised the hearings, but reiterated her plans to stay the course with the courts and committee investigations. Everybody has the liberty and the luxury to espouse their own position and to criticize me for trying to go down the path in the most determined, positive way. Again, their advocacy for impeachment only gives me leverage. I have no complaint with what they are doing. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler, says his panel will continue to go to court for grand jury information linked to the Mueller investigation and the testimony of former White House counsel Don McGahn, who told investigators that the president wanted him to fire Mueller. Our work will continue into the August recess, and we will use those subpoenas if we must. We will also continue to seek important documents from the Department of Justice and the White House. Nadler, who has reportedly pressed Pelosi to move ahead on impeachment, or at least on an impeachment inquiry, also sought to show they're on the same page. If our committee is going to recommend articles of impeachment to the House, we must make the strongest possible case both to our colleagues and to the American public On that, we're in total agreement. As the House wrapped up ahead of the August recess, lawmakers also took up significant legislative action. On this vote, the yeas are 284 and the nays are 149. This bill is passed. In a rare moment of bipartisanship, the House passed a two-year budget agreement that lifts the debt ceiling. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer says it will go a long way toward renewing the confidence of the American people in government following an earlier 35-day partial government shutdown. Avoid a shutdown. Act responsibly. Reach agreements create consensus. And while many conservatives complain the budget will only deepen the federal deficit, the House's top Republican, Kevin McCarthy, says it's a step in the right direction. No, it's not the bill I'd write by myself. It's a compromise as we move forward, but it actually allows this process to work. The budget is expected to get final approval in the Senate, and President Trump has said he'll sign it. So for all the political acrimony as House members left for the August break, they could point to the budget agreement. Maryland Congressman Elijah Cummings, meanwhile, who presided over a particularly feisty vote to authorize subpoenas for members of the Trump family, wished fellow lawmakers well. The committee is adjourned. Thank you. And have a good recess.
I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.